0: Come on now, people. I've been telling you for almost two years now, you need to have a GNR TV. And now sports are back. Football is back. Now is the perfect time for you to get this if you don't have it already. And if you look on over here, as I've been telling you before, you get all these amazing channels, every single one of them, for $20 a month for two devices. And if you look on up over here, It's written. It's written, everything you get with GNR TV. If you want four devices, $40. And there's some cool extras right here. GNR TV, streaming done right. If you don't have it, get it. What more can I say? What more can I say? It's time to cut the damn cord, stop being ripped off by the dish and cable, and get this lovely thing we call GNR TV. Streaming done right How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? I have the awesome Lisa London on here. Welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on.
1: (laughs) Hi. Hope everybody had a great Fourth of
0: July. Oh, yeah. How are you doing, though?
1: I'm doing great. I mean, uh, you know, we've discussed this. It's interesting. I think a lot of artists are doing weirdly well in the sense that we're thriving as far as our creative juices flowing and the time to do different projects and um, that, and get back to other forms of art that we love. Like I also sketch and I write poetry. I've been doing that since this whole thing started. And I've been very blessed with like a lot of movies about, you know, to drop right when this happened and they're all out now streaming and getting great reviews. And it's pretty cool. And I've been blessed to be able to shoot something actually, even during this because of the, really innovative cool way that the director and uh writer gregory hatanaka and nicole d'angelo they figured out they wrote the script about how the mental uh things the mental issues everyone's having from the quarantine and from the virus and so it was basically this isolated thing of where it's a giant chat room and when when you see the people in their real life then Mm -hmm. that you don't realize that the camera's still on and that it goes into their private life and it's just really cool and i'm so excited about that it's called girl in quarantine and that's um, going to be coming out on amazon prime and 2b tv awesome. in about two weeks but i've got a whole bunch of stuff running right now which is pretty cool
0: that's awesome and i like how you said a lot of artists and creators are really getting into their things like right now because it's we really have nothing else to do
1: exactly. And, and it's, it's also, it's so strange. Cause I mean, we're even the most private um, actor or writer, there's still like this social element of going out into the world. And when that's cut off too, it makes you dig deeper inside about your goals and, and what you, you want to say. And you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's an interesting time, definitely. I still want it to be over, like fast. But I have been making the best of it, I must say.
0: Definitely, yeah. I've, I've definitely adjusted to it. Like, I work, I work for the state, so that right now they're paying me to stay home and do nothing. But I know soon, within the next week or two, I don't even know when, I'll be working from home, which is still cool. But I mean, it's made. I've been. I think I've done at least forty episodes, if not more. I didn't put them all out, obviously. Yeah. Wow recording editing that is prolific yes trying to get because i'm like i'm never gonna have this time again to just
1: i know i know
0: when stuff gets back to you know going back to work just going back to work every day is going to change a lot
1: yes absolutely absolutely
0: i might as well do this now while i can and i enjoy doing it and it's awesome meeting cool people like yourself and it's it's it sucks in a way. Yeah, it it does have its downs. Like as far as the people getting sick and dying, that part sucks. Of course, of course. The, take the positive out of it. You can work. Everybody can work on their crafts. Exactly.
1: I mean, it's like I mean, basically, we're having this wonderful, real discussion in America and in the whole world because of us leading mm-hmm. about racism. Also, and it's just I don't think if. All the elements of, of this pandemic and, and this world togetherness vibe, I mm-hmm. don't think that if that wasn't there, that we would have had this real woke moment, literally, internationally of people going, enough, it's ridiculous, what the f- I mean, the color of our skin doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything except that that's how you were born. And I really think we're having a rebirth as a nation to finally address it. I mean, I hope and pray. I just hope and pray. But and and I'm also so proud of the fact that just it's so weird too. Like everything I've been involved with has been so multicultural, cultural, and multiracial and inclusive, and about gender and and sexuality and skin color so i think the world is trending towards being a better place and i really honestly have hope i have hope a lot of it i'm (laughs)
0: in that same boat with you you really hope
1: baby yeah
0: you're right about the whole like if this whole pandemic didn't happen a lot of this stuff would still be overlooked or ignored like
1: exactly exactly
0: But now it's like i don't think i think more so it's like uh you know, you have your regular nine-to-five, you know, your regular nine-to-five job, you have your regular life going on, yeah. so you, not that you're ignoring it, but it's like, you don't have time to really sit down and process it, especially if it's someone that doesn't really, if it doesn't affect you, mm-hmm. but then when you, when you're, it's like, okay, the, pretty much the whole world, stay home, don't do nothing, all you have to do is watch TV, social media, right. kind of stuff, right. and, get, and it's like, holy shit, some people are just like, wow, this is really, this is really going on, like, I thought people were just talking, exactly, like, no, this is really going on. Now. Exactly.
1: Exactly. It,
0: the, the, I think the Actually, I think the great thing about it is it's bringing out the good in people and it's bringing out the bad in people because I feel like it's showing people's true colors.
1: Yeah, it's almost like it's, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz and the curtain's been pulled back. And if you're going to believe the wizard or if you're going to believe facts and the reality about life in so many ways, about so many different issues, I think that it's definitely that moment, you know, where you have to. You have to wake up and you have to realize the truth about things. And I think most people, I, I believe in our better angels. I believe most people are, are good. And
0: it's definitely on the road to improvement. Oh, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with you. But like I said, you see you see people's true colors, good or bad. Yep. I do like how with the bad, they're getting called out. I love, I it might sound bad, but I love how a lot of them are losing opportunities, losing. Oh, stability. totally. Me too. Me too. (laughs) And and that
1: is a pun about hashtag me too, because hey, hashtag me too really started all of this too. So yeah, I think, you know, it's time to stand up for what's right and not accept and not be silent about what's wrong.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. True. And I mean, some people say, oh, you know, we shouldn't lose it. I'm like, hey, don't spend money there if you don't want to. Exactly. Instead of trying to fist fight them all the time, because that doesn't that doesn't do much. That's what I try to tell yeah. my friend, like friends and family. Like, Listen, instead of punching these people in the face, just let them show their true colors. If they post something, share it. Let their jobs see it. Let people who go to their companies and businesses see it. So
1: That'll true. will hurt them
0: way worse than punching them in the mouth. Punching them in the mouth is going to hurt for an hour.
1: Yeah, violence doesn't... Vi- violence never solves anything not, not except it, it creates more violent. a worse situation exactly
0: we're just more violence if you look at the world's history
1: i know as we're about ready to talk about all my horror films and violent films and sexual and what makes the world go wrong round right
0: there <laughs> we could dive right into that and i'll say as far as horror goes just because i'm i've been doing this for a little bit well two years a little over two years now and meeting so many different people the horror community is so freaking beautiful and welcoming and nobody cares it your is. your race your gender
1: I know and
0: with this, like, we're all horror fans <laughs> and, and, and,
1: and it's funny it's a genre that no matter what else is going on uh it's always there and it's and it always has fans and it will always do well and it's very interesting it um I came late to the party of horror movies and I'm so glad I did and mm-hmm. it's just so much fun so much fun to to be scared and I, I still though when I go see my own scary movies I watch them with my hands over my eyes <laughs> but I do love them they are fun I love
0: I, I love watching them reviewing them I love meeting people about them it's, it's just I think it's the best genre because you can literally go in any direction without being wrong now it might not be for you but you can have a romantic exactly you can have a comedy horror you can have your regular scary horror and any exactly and exactly. not be wrong yep and that's what—that's one thing I love about it. And I—I I mean, I've been watching it for most of my life now, so I just—I can't get enough of it. And it's just—I want more. I want more. And I love how there's like a lot of independent people coming out doing horror movies because you get some fresh ideas. Yes, yes. And yeah. It's well,
1: that's great. that's my whole world independent film. I mean, I've done you know quite a big A-list films and and television shows, but the independent world of film is has been my bread and butter and my the basis of my career, and I love it, and I just love it. And it's really um, getting better and better all the time now, too. So which ones do you wanna talk about first?
0: Um, right here, Body of the okay. Night.
1: Okay, Body of Night. Okay, so Body of Night is one, I, I, I'm so blessed, I'm working with a director by the name of Gregory Hatanaka, and he's basically created like an Orson Welles community group of actors and crew that he uses over and over again. And we're like family. It's almost like being in a theater company. Um, We're so comfortable with each other. We can like read each other's minds. And I think that that's why the chemistry is so good now with everybody. And then we brought in tons of new young actors that have become part of our troupe in the last couple of years. And um, so Body of Night is kind of like um, a spoof on... Fifty Shades of Grey, but with a lot of darkness and humor, but it, it and fabulous music, which is a staple of all of Greg's stuff. And um, he uh, created this amazing world of about this fantasy kind of club, and, it, and you just have to see it. Too. It's it's wonderful, and that's on Amazon Prime and Tubi, and then also Choke is on Amazon. Prime and TV, which is behind you right now. And Choke is a fabulous kind of existential um, ode to all the European indie films where you were basically asked to just let your mind go and go along for the ride. And I'm really thrilled with that. that it, it, it was in the top 10 of Amazon Prime's movie to watch like within two days of, of, of starting to starting to stream Mm -hmm. and I also co-produced that one and I'm super proud of that movie and that's doing great. And then another one, a great comedy written by, um, and directed by a female, Nicole D'Angelo, and that's called Acrylic, and it's about dueling nail salons and a, a childhood rivalry that goes really bad. But it was really interesting during the whole shutdown how acrylic was so relevant because it was all about the nail salon industry, and everybody was missing getting their mammy and petties really badly. So I urge everyone to watch that, Acrylic. It's also on Amazon Prime and Tubi uh, TV. and. Uh, Oh, um, Acrylic Heartbeat Choke. Oh, and then Heartbeat is um, kind of a film noir murder mystery that I just did, also with the same group, Gregory Hatanaka. And that um, is on Vimeo On Demand, but that'll also be on Amazon Prime and to be very soon. And then the one we did... during the quarantine was called Girl in Quarantine. And it addresses the mental issues, like I said, about um, what everyone's going through during this time. And it was really cool because I was like isolated, the only actor on set, everything that you're going to see is actually a green screen. And then we shot all the other scenes from individual homes because it's supposed to be a big Zoom chat room. So that was really cool. And I'm getting ready to do another one with Gregory soon. Um, And I think I'm doing another horror film with Rich Mallory, who's a partner of Gregory Hatanaka's at their CineRidge and Cinema Epic companies. And I did Holy Terror uh, for Rich Mallory, and that's on Amazon Prime, and it's streaming like everywhere also. And that's that's one of my favorite um, horror film, scary movie, I, I play kind of like a psychic, but... You don't know if she's good or bad. (laughs) And uh, Holy Terror is just great. It's got just the right amount of humor and super scary. And the first um, horror uh, slasher film I ever did was called Blood Ranch. And it's really, really scary. I mean, I I still can barely watch it. (laughs) And Blood Ranch is directed by Corbin Timbrook, who I also just did a super scary uh, movie called Why? And that's not out yet, but that's incredible. And then I did another one for him that went to the Cannes Film Festival called Do You See Me? And um, that was in theaters, but I think it's going to be streaming pretty soon also. But Those are my Corbin Timbrook movies. And then I've also done a bunch of scary movies for David Dakota. And um, the first one was Three Wicked Witches, and I am evil incarnate in that (laughs) and then I did six 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 devilish charm also and that was a lot of fun as well and another one that I just did for David Dakota it's not a horror film but it's the wrong teacher he's got a whole slew of the wrong girlfriend the wrong husband the wrong cheerleader the wrong teacher and that's the one I'm in and that's on the lifetime channel and that's on all the time
0: oh nice nice you got a lot a lot going on oh that's good though
1: I know right
0: I'm very. I'm de I definitely want to watch a lot, of, especially the horror ones. I'm just like, oh, they, they all sound fun. They all sound like an inter- yeah, entertaining. Blood you had me at slasher with that. I was so slasher. So yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of slashing in almost all the movies I've got out
0: right now.
1: <laughs> slashing, choking. Hey, you know, a girl's got to be entertained.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's cool, though. Like, I like how you said you kind of, you got into horror late, but you really do love it. Right? What, yes. what did you take that route as far as going into horror?
1: Basically, I've I i, I I've also never done a Western yet. I'm really dying to do a Western as well. And when Corbin Timbrook um, asked me to be in this film, Blood Ranch, I I looked at the script and I thought, oh, my God, what a cool character. Because you think I'm terrible and evil but then you realize why i had to do what i did mm-hmm. and it's it, it, the character has a full arc and um i know it was um it shot on location and uh i knew a lot of the other actors in it and i was just so excited and that was the first one i did
0: oh nice nice i'm glad you joined the horror community now <laughs> thank <laughs> you i'm glad i'm there too it's it's such a friendly community like i was saying earlier and even like with um well, when they, whenever they do come back, to horror conventions, those are, I probably had the most fun at those things.
1: I, I love all conventions and all autograph shows. I've never had a bad experience. It's always been just sheer delight and joy. And I always learn something like bizarre about movies I've been in that I didn't even know about from the fans that come. It's great. The first autograph show I ever did was David Dakota organized this thing at this really crazy wild bookstore called dark delicacies in Burbank, right outside of LA. And he, um, he uh, set it up for all, it was a scream queen thing. And I couldn't believe it. It was like for the first hour, it seemed like really slow for me. And I'm like, well, I don't care. I'm having so much fun. And all of a sudden a fan came from New Zealand just to see me. And he had, little uh, postcards of every single movie I ever did for me to sign. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. And that was my indoctrination to the autograph show world.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. Cause it's just like, Holy crap. You've literally seen all my work. <laughs> and, and then he came, I mean, he flew from New Zealand. It was like, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> That's great. That's a true fan right there. That's yes, a- definitely. That's cool though, and I'm I'm real. I, like I said, I'm real happy that you're in the in the horror genre now, and I can tell you're having fun with it. And you'll see how, the more you're in it, and the more kinds you go to, you'll see how crazy the fans are in a good way, and how much they love just absolutely. And like we, I mean, there's multiple movies we all love, but then there's just like certain movies that certain fans will just love and just gravitate towards and know everything about. Easter eggs, hidden, all that hidden stuff. And just like you were saying a few minutes ago about how Span said something about certain movies that you were in that you like, I didn't know yes. that. Yes. I didn't know that. That's
1: and, I, cool. and I'm really excited. I'm crossing my fingers that uh, it's set to start August 4th. Um, I'm going to be working with Jim Wynorski. Mm -hmm. who is a a great all time director, and I've never worked with them before. And one of my best girlfriends, Becky LeBeau, is also in it. And um, we're doing Bigfoot or Bust. (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say. You said you love the comedy kind of horror things? Well, I think this is going to fulfill everyone's desires that loves that kind of movie. And I can't wait to do it.
0: That title alone is just like... Rape. Isn't it
1: just too... It's too perfect.
0: I yes. know. Yes, that's going to be... That's going to be entertaining. I can tell you. Yes,
1: great. it will.
0: And then... Do you have a favorite movie you've done so far in the horror? In horror or not necessarily?
1: Oh, um... I, and I really mean this. and I'm not trying to be coy. Every film I do is a favorite in some sense because of certain things that happen or the way I grow as an actor or people I meet or places I get to, you know, shoot in traveling all over the world. Um, it's, they're all, they all have a place in my heart, every single one of them. Um, uh, it's so funny. You just made me think when you said, is there, cause I just heard about, um, I'm starring in this sci-fi series, um, with Lorenzo Lamas, and it's called Invaded, and it's Walker Cable Productions, and they're in Houston, and we, we shot outside of Houston in this beautiful little town, um, historic town called Conroe and I've been so worried about them because they had that horrible surge there of the virus and everything and luckily they just posted we're about ready to start airing so it's they're starting um, first just in Houston in the Houston market and it's gonna be on let me see if I wrote down what it's called it is on uh, kV kV GT or gosh I can't read my own writing kv i think it's kv gt or qt but it's channel 21 in houston and we shot a bunch of episodes and hopefully we're going to do more and it'll probably be streaming like all over the place after it gets out there too
0: stream isn't isn't it awesome with this whole streaming thing versus movies back in the day you either had you either had to have cable the pay-per-view channels or Go out and buy it like on VHS. This is even way before DVD. I
1: know. Access is so fabulous. To me, there's still nothing like sharing the movie experience in a movie theater. And when this whole thing, the quarantine and the lockdowns and the closures started, I was kind of bummed because I mean, I'm starring in a bunch of films that all were going to have a theatrical release, which is now postponed. But mm-hmm. I'm thrilled that everyone gets to see it so easily now. And um, it's just still a great thing for me to have my work out there on so many different um, platforms to see it. So, yeah, it's great.
0: It is. I, I love it. I mean, I do. I do enjoy the movie experience, mainly for horror movies. Everything else, I tend to fall asleep. I have no idea. Why. <laughs> and like, like, my my wife and I go to a movie and. I'll be into it. Like even like the Marvel movies. Cause they're like two and a half, three hours long. I'm just, I just end up dozing off. she watch the whole thing. Movies,
1: I love movies so much. I watch the whole thing. I've never fallen asleep in a film ever. I've never, I think I've walked out on one film ever, even a film that I'm not like loving. I'll still watch it. And mm-hmm. I am a popcorn fanatic. I love popcorn more than anything. So to have a huge bucket in front of me and just watch a movie is, is sheer heaven.
0: See, I do. I usually get like candy or nachos or something. My wife, of course, popcorn.
1: Yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, like horror movies. I don't, as far as in theaters, I don't fall asleep during at home. It all depends on what I'm doing. If I'm sitting down on the couch, watching a movie nine times out of 10, I'm up. But if I'm laying down in bed, (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, that's funny you said that i i have not had a television in my bedroom since i was in college i think really i, I yeah i never watch. i only read in bed um i i never yeah i never watch tv in bed that's funny that's i'm really, gonna sip my
0: coffee now <laughs> that's re, that's really interesting would you say that because the majority of the people that i know have you know tv's in their bedroom and i like know normal thing you lay down watch tv till you doze off and turn the tv off or whatever i i i also
1: sleep really hard and soundly so i've never been one of those people that needed a tv to go to sleep
0: either or like a lot of people do i think yeah i'm i'm that type of like i i, I don't know why i have to have it on but i have it on watch something fall asleep wake up turn the tv off and then kind of fall asleep a little while after it's But a book makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, as far as if you didn't have a TV in your room, you're just like, you know what? Let me just crack open this book. Because the book, you enjoy reading it, but your eyes just get tired after a few pages. Exactly. I have to set this down. You Set it down and you fall asleep. So true. That's so cool, though. That's actually, that's really cool, though. Just because I'm just like, damn.
1: (laughs) I just Try it.
0: (laughs) I should. I mean, as far as the reading part, I should. Because I used to, I do enjoy reading. I used to read a book not a full book, but, you know, start reading before when I'm getting ready to lay down, to kind of read something and put it to the side. It's,
1: it's really therapeutic for your brain. It just makes you kind of zone out because, um, I forgot who said this. Someone, I think it was, uh, it wasn't a writer who said it either. I think it was more like a, um, historian or something said that reading is the only activity that you truly do. That is completely unique to you for, for your brain for like something to stimulate your brain. There's nothing that else that can come between you and that book as far as how you're perceiving it and how you're um, how you're interpreting it. Because a film, they they say there's so many other things like there's the sound, there's the lighting. Yep. But just the reading a book, yeah, it's different.
0: <laughs> I I agree with that. I can see where you're coming from with that. And it's just like especially if it's a really good book. Yes. And you can kind of almost visualize it's like Exactly.
1: Like, it's so you can truly visualized. go off in your own imagination and create any world you
0: want. <laughs> the funny thing about that though, like for me is obviously we all know the books are usually better than the movies, but I did I was reading um Pet Cemetery. Yes. And then I seen the new one and I was so disappointed because I was clicking. That's that's Stephen King, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Stephen King is very interesting. Um he writes so visually mm-hmm. and every once in a while you'll have something like Misery that to me just comes like it almost like pops the book even further. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, yeah, uh, the book is really hard to capture in a film.
0: It is. It really it really is. And I mean if I, I get they can't you can't capture the book in any film I got it and completely but I just wish for the newer Pet Cemetery they would have taken more from the book and kind of just right I haven't seen, I seen the new one yeah I won't spoil it don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean at the same time with it I read it as well yes. and then I seen it chapter one it chapter two and I know they didn't take everything from the book but certain things that they pulled from the book it was easy for me to point out in the movie. Like, Oh, I remember reading this in the book or this. And I'm, I'm like, that's, it's just awesome right. getting that experience. Right. Damn. I guess I got to start reading books more. See what you did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I inspired you to do something great.
0: I gotta start reading books more now. <laughs> Get back to my reading. Cause I do, like I said, I really do enjoy it. It's just, I can't even say I don't have time to do it. Cause I'm lying. I'm quarantined. Right. It's like, we all know we have time.
1: <laughs> Every have one time. of us right now.
0: <laughs> I don't have time to read. I've got to, Set aside maybe an hour or two a day to just yes. crack a book open. So maybe I'll start right. soon. <laughs> What's your favorite book, or do you have one?
1: Uh, whichever. Uh, well, I just read something that was astounding. It's it's a biography of Coco Chanel, but um, it reads like a novel, literally. Like it reads like a Russian novel, and I guess my favorite novel ever would either be. Dr. Zhivago or Anna Karenina. Wow. Those are my two favorite novels. I, lo- I love those Russian authors, <laughs> but there's so many. Oh my God. There's
0: so many great books. So oh, many. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like me, me right now, I'd have to go just with the genre of horror. If I choose my favorite, it's probably Steven. It's a uh, Christine.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Christine. As of right now, it's those two, but I'm, I enjoy biographies too, as well, especially with somebody that I'm interested in, like a fan of and Like, it's just cool to kind of read about their life and yes, very entertaining. It is very entertaining. <clears throat> is that something you would do? Put a book out, a biography out or have everyone's
1: it? always telling me that I should write a book because I have had this insanely amazing life. Cause I grew up in Palm Springs in Hawaii and my father um, was a sportscaster and radio announcer. For 35 years. He was the voice, It was the first voice of the Angels, uh, the baseball team, and then he was the voice of the Bob Hope Classic for like 30 years. And I actually interviewed amazing people um, while I was in high school every major tennis player you could imagine, from Bjorn Borg to Illy Nastasi to Jimmy Connors. To rod labor um and that was when i was in high school because i had such easy access because i was this cute little girl just running around the tennis tournament and my dad had the connection of working for cbs radio and so i had a lot of interviews even in high school then I, when i was in college i interviewed um so many insanely great uh musicians when i went to arizona state because they played this fabulous stadium in uh in Arizona where right. I went to college and I interviewed Marvin Gaye, the, the Ohio players, Bruce Springsteen, the OJs. Um, it was crazy. It was great. <laughs> awesome. So I do love to, to write and I love um, those were all on air, but I think a couple of them actually made it to newspapers too. I did some newspaper articles, but yeah, I've met amazing people. I have I've so far this life has been A fabulous one. So one day I probably will do a book of my journey in Hollywood Mm -hmm. because I did come here at 19 years old and pretty lucky of the people I've been surrounded by and have worked with and that have loved me and and supported
0: my career. So yeah, one day I think I will write a book. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. And again, that would be one I'd like to read. (laughs) Yeah,
1: good. (laughs) You'll.
0: It'll motivate me. It would be just to see how your career has changed, especially again because you said, you reached Not I don't know how recent, but recently came into the horror thing, and just yes. Well, it's, it's probably
1: funny. it's probably been about um, I think it's been about 10, 10 years now that I did
0: my first one. That's good though, ten years. And I like I like how you said you like to try different things. So like, say so you, now you want to try a western film out instead. Yes, definitely. But, you don't want to stick to just the same genre throughout your whole career. It's like let me let me try this if, if I like-
1: exactly and and in the same token, I love doing drama as much as I do love love doing comedy. So mm-hmm. to me, it's one and the same. It's just all about the truth and all about the honesty of your work as an actor. And it's funny because the most brilliant comedy has an element of tragedy in it because the old line you have to play comedy straight so that that fine line of what's funny and what's tragic is when it's captured i think is some of the most brilliant comedy we've ever had
0: i agree excuse me i agree with that um i guess we're getting kind of to the end of the show if there's any other things you want to promote or mention you feel free to do I that i
1: think i've talked about just about everything um oh i i just joined cameo which is a really cool app that you can um contact your favorite celebrities and ask them to do personal greetings for you like if, uh, or if you want to give it as a gift like if you want me to sing happy birthday to somebody and say whatever you want me to say it's a really cool app and um and and especially we want to connect so much and there's no autograph shows right now. So, um, I'm on cameo and, um, you can also find out everything that I'm doing and what's out there on IMDB, the international movie database. And I have my own private Facebook page called Lisa London fan. And also, um, I was one of the lead singers of a group that, um, called the pinups and the pinups has its own page too. And we had a big, uh, run of success in the 80s and that's called the pinups live also on facebook and then my instagram account if you want to follow me is lisa london la is my handle on there
0: awesome that's awesome and thank you so much for coming on greatly appreciate you coming on i had a great time me too and everybody (laughs) go ahead and follow her again thank you for coming on and uh hang on one second so i hit Where's my mouse?